your favorite podcast the kings of the heart my name is Tariq Amari Walton and I am up here joined with my brother Dr. John Hart Dr. Hart how you feeling my brother feeling good family it's good to see you good to see you man I feel well I hope everybody is safe you know yeah it's uh weather's been crazy treacherous time out there man treacherous time (laughs) Ida wasn't playing Ida was not playing with you not at all. Yeah. I mean, she's traveling up and down, so hopefully everybody's doing well. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, um, it's just been a crazy time overall, and, you know, people are feeling stressed out and have a hard time dealing with stress, and oftentimes they don't know why they're struggling with how they deal with stress. Yeah. Why don't you tell the people what we're talking about today, man? Uh, well, you know, one of the most important things that we've uh, learned as marriage and family therapists is people's family of origin. Right. And the role that that plays in how we show up in our relationships, Mm -hmm. in our personal lives, uh, even to the point of stress. Like, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you manage? How do you manage? You know, did you learn that from your family? Exactly. Right. Like Mm -hmm. family origin is that hub that teaches you all that you do today. And so we're going to talk about that and, and, and tie that to relationships and like what things to really pay attention to and how to manage these things with your partner all right well let's go ahead and break it down man let's start at the beginning when you mention family of origin people don't often know what that means what is your family of origin yeah so whenever i'm working with my uh couples i'm and actually all my uh clients even families and individuals i work with so when i when i tell them about family of origin i always say that this is the family that you grew up in right so it's technically not the family that you currently have like you may have Correct. a spouse with your own kids that's not your family of origin right that's kind of like your current family but your family of origin is the family that you grew up with your parents your siblings you know anyone who pretty much like lived in the house or you have relational ties to as you were growing up as 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 a kid as a teenager and then like uh an adult um, and the reason why family origin is important because this is the place, this is the hub, okay, that we as people typically um, learn to become who we are at right. the end of the day, right? So what that means, guys, is like your family of origin, uh, it's where you learn how to communicate, um, how to process and show emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the hub of how you learn how you get your needs met and how you meet other people's needs, Correct. right? Um, I think another superficial way to describe it that I've done it is I say your family of origin uh, teaches you your values Mm -hmm. and your beliefs. You get that from your family. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, Yep. These these are your and and also lastly, before I kick it over to you, Brother Reed, your family of origin is the starting point of building your ego, your Mm. self-esteem, your Mm self-worth, your experiences with your parents, with your siblings. Um, or if you're an only child, you know, just you and your your parents. I mean, that's kind of where everything starts. And so, uh, and I'll say this real quick. I've learned, um, I even thought this before becoming an MFT, that it's not just about um, full-blown uh, or simplified versions of like, oh, well, mommy issues or daddy issues. There are family of origin issues because family yeah. of origin implies a couple of things, guys. Uh, 
uh, family processes, right? So what are the dynamics that exist Within. that cultivate mm -hmm. the family culture? And then there's family behaviors. So what were the explicit and implicit things that you saw people doing uh, and not doing? That right. all shapes you to, for who you are. And we bring those things into our relationships. Yep. We bring those things into no our, our, um, our marriages. And lastly, we even bring those things to our parenting if we decide to have kids. Yes. Um, I pass it over to you, Brother Rick. I mean, like anything you want to add. That was just a quick, real quick overview of Family of Origin. And brother. you do a wonderful job with that. I mean, you, and you put everything in there. You put in the whole kitchen sink, and then we think about what a family of origin is. The only thing I would add is, you know, when you think about family of origin, when it comes to like say Thanksgiving morning, where do you yeah. want to go? Yeah, you know the place that you want to go. That's typically going to be your family of origin. Yep. You know that where your heart is drawn to is your family of origin. The people who had the most influence on you as an as a child. You know from from birth all the way through high school and even till now as an adult. You know you we still are influenced by our families of origin, yep. and even when we look at family of origin. You want to look beyond just your parents and your siblings. You know, you want to look at the connections between your parents and their siblings Correct. and their parents because you begin to see those patterns. And, and when you begin to see those same patterns in your own relationship, you can usually mark them back generation after generation. And people oftentimes talk about that like a generational curse. I don't like to really define it as such. I think it's just patterns of behavior, um, of, of mental health issues, um, there's so many different layers to what those patterns are that need to be broken. Yep. And the reason yeah. why we're here to talk to you today is so that you have the opportunity to see that in yourself and begin to break those patterns. Those things that you saw growing up that now are playing a, a negative role. Negative, and we want to be very clear about that. Playing a negative role in your relationship, relationships. And so, you know, not everything that you got from your family is bad. You know, there are some great values, great qualities that you may have, behaviors that you may have observed from your family of origin that are now playing a role in your, in your current relationship. And we want you to hold on to those. We're not saying that when you look at your family of origin that everything is, you know, broken and horrible. No. Just recognize that some of the things that you're doing today are your responsibility from your own experiences, but also have roots in where you were raised, where you were born, and the people that you were raised around. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's well said. That's what you want to no, think that's, about. That, that's definitely well said. And and the implications of that is is to your point is that um, th there's a story behind why you and your family do what they do. Yeah, right. And so you know we talk about like that generational piece, right? Like there's even if you were to go back three generations, right? That's what they usually kind of do, right? Um, to explore what are the full blown, you know, relational patterns, emotional processes, family behaviors, what's the emotional climate? You know, what I mean, there's all kinds of words that really stick out to us. And usually I have a, I have a go, big word, one that we I think we talk about a lot, especially with our clients. What were boundaries like in yeah. your family? Or were there any? Yeah. You know. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. And and so, you know, if anyone listening is ever curious, you know, definitely go find yourself and 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 get some work done with uh MFT. Um, you know, because like it's the bread and butter of how we understand, you know, relationships is through our family of origin, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 and when you think about it, uh, to Brother Reek's point. 
we all come from very complicated and nuanced family of origins. Mm-hmm. So you can only imagine to our listeners listening, if you reflect, um, he's right. I mean, there are some healthy and unhealthy things that we have brought um, from our family of origin. We've shown that in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like what you said, and, and I'm pretty curious what your thoughts are, Brother Reek. Um, um, but, but but we have a responsibility to hold ourselves accountable to understanding what those healthy and unhealthy patterns are yeah. and not allowing those to impact our relationships, especially romantic relationships. Oh, that's where we've seen a lot of oh, yeah. damage, right? Oh, major, major. And I often hear from clients, well, I'm that way because that's, a, that's where I was raised. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, you might have been raised in an environment where that happened or didn't happen. But you have to kind of look at yourself at a certain point and say, OK, well, do I want to continue those same patterns or do I yeah. want to do something different? Does this work? You know, does this pattern of behavior that I learned at home with my family translate into a healthy relationship now with my spouse? And right. if not, well, guess what? What you learned is no longer working for you. You have to learn to do something new. And the thing that I, I hear the most are the way that we express our emotions, whether we are um, highly expressive with our emotions or if we are very subdued with the way that we express our emotions. And I often hear from people, well, that's how it was in my family. You know, I didn't come from a family where we really talked about emotions or we expressed emotions. Or, you know, on the other side, well, everybody in my family is very volatile. You know, everyone, you know, shouts and yells, but, yep. you know, that's the way we show our love. Our love. And so it's often about, you know, the the things that you saw growing up and how you've adopted those and now how you kind of use that as a crutch and excuse for why you're not doing with your mate. And so let's talk about emotions a little bit. When you talk to your clients and you hear from them that statement that, well, this is how I learned how to show emotions or not show emotions in my family. What's the first thing that you think of and what's the first thing that you tell them about that kind of, um, I guess, you know, crutch of holding on to, okay, yeah, you might have learned it, but what do you, what is that you tell your clients about that? Well, I, I mean, when I hear that, I usually just go into like assessment mode, right? Like I'll ask further questions and mm-hmm. asking like, well, okay, being that that was the process for the family on how they express themselves. Now, walk me through what were the relevant feelings and thoughts when you were experiencing Right. Mm -hmm. And then also asking, like, well, what was the impact of that dynamic? Right. Because we're trying to get and highlight to the person. Was that truly healthy or unhealthy? Correct. Right. It's not about like we acknowledge it happened, but because it happened doesn't give it validity that it was appropriate. Right. Like I was being, I'd be my kids, too. Well, was it really effective? Well, no. So why are you still continuing that behavior on? Right. Right. You know, and, and but but sometimes they don't look at it right because the brain takes shortcuts. It's like, well, that's what was done in my family growing up. So that's just the default what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But part of being in therapy is to slow it down and, and assess the impact and not just the impact for you, but the relational climate and the emotional climate when these behaviors were happening. But, you know, when that's really tough, too, when you have a client who doesn't really see anything being wrong with them. And so you reflect back on some of those behaviors, like especially like emotional um, expression from family and say, yeah, you know, we didn't really do it in my family. And if you don't see that being a problem for you and your current relationship, then you don't see it as being a problem at all. You know, and so it's a matter of also connecting them to, you know, breaking it down. Well, you didn't do that. And so 
Yeah, you figure, okay, you're fine. You turned out okay, but did you really? Because you're sitting here in front of me right now. Oh, of course. And you can't communicate with your mate. Exactly, exactly. That's usually where I go, to right. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. There's only one route, and that is just pushing back. and. Ch- I mean, w- w- pushing back and challenging, but also just validating that that is their experience. Right. So, like, you know, like, you do have to validate because just because, you know, in their minds, like, well, like, I turned out fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a very narrow way to look at it because people who went through what you went through historically and even research indicates that they're not always fine. There are aspects yeah. of their life where it manifests in unhealthy ways. And that is why you're sitting in front of me with your partner. Right. It is manifested. Right. And also, let me also add, you bring up a good point. I also have to, like, help people to realize I'm actually going through this with a few of my clients is that, um, yeah, like there's certain aspects of our family of origin that has provided some level of success in certain areas of our life, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't translate to other aspects of your life. So professionally, right. like it may have helped you get through what you needed to get through and be amazing in your professional career. But I'm sorry, it's there's a disconnect when you start to use the same rules and oh, boundaries yeah. in your in your relationships right. and even in your parenting. See, that's where I get them. Right. Yeah. to let the audience know yeah. that's where i get yeah. them yeah. so whenever you ask me like well how do i challenge and, and 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 push back on folks who are like will it work for me okay i can validate that that helped you in your career because your career in the sector you work in probably calls for you to be that way but, <laughs> yeah but, but your tail is in my office because it's not working in other aspects right. and you really do see them being like okay yeah i'll give you that okay cool yeah. that's let's start there start there Right. Because because I'm I have to name that, you know, and but I think what we're saying, too, is like that's it shows you how embedded. Right. Brother Reek, that these family of origin, uh, these issues, these ties, these these uh, relations can really um, play themselves out in mm-hmm. all aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's meaning it's pervasive. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get this cleaned up we really start to struggle in terms of our uh, self-development, in terms of our relationships, you know, and let's also be honest. I also want to add also mental health, if I can, um, our, our family of origin, that's where we learn how to cope. So did you see substance abuse? Oh, well, you know, I I drink, I drink all the time because my, my, my parents drank whenever they were stressed or, you know, I mean, like, let's be real here, folks. Like this isn't just about a relationship. This is also about mental health here too. We we will definitely get deeper into that part. I want to do that whole section of that part in this conversation later on. When I, when I'm kind of like you, when it comes to challenging my clients around their thinking about how their, um, how their family impacted them emotionally and the way they communicate their emotions. I investigate, just like you. I'll investigate. I'm going to ask you, okay, well, what about your parents? You know, you said that your your father wasn't very expressive. Tell me about the relationship between your father and your mother. You know, what did you see? Well, more than likely, they didn't talk very often. They didn't spend a lot of time together. You know, they they didn't seem very close. Now, they may still be together 50 years later, but they didn't really seem that close. They both have very separate lives because they weren't, communicating well in terms of their emotions you know um you know what about your your parents and their parents and kind of take it back and just see what these patterns are and say okay would well, you want to continue that with your spouse because obviously right now that's not working for you what about with your children you know are you being emotional emotionally expressive with your children if not what do you think that's showing them 
Are you going to continue passing on these same lessons that you learned from your family? Now that we can talk about it from the standpoint that you see, it doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know, and so it's always about investigating, connecting all those different um, ties between family members, siblings, parents, cousins. Yeah, they spent a lot of time together, but they didn't share a lot. You know, and so you want them to see how that may not have worked necessarily for their families and why it's probably not working for them right now. Yeah, that's a good point. What about those people who are... And this, I want to. I think this gets into the mental health part too a little bit, but those people who are very expressive, they come from families who, um, who argue a lot, who yell a lot, and that's their main form of communication, and they're expressing exactly what they're feeling, but in very aggressive terms. You know, how do you get those people to realize that that may not have been the best way to um, communicate your your emotions with your with your family and now with your mate? Um, well, what I do is like um, I highlight that there is a disconnect between how effective it is in their minds versus mm-hmm. how effective it is for everyone else. Right. Okay. And I think that's where that's where like having your partner there is very helpful to in a safe space to be able to hear like I don't like the yelling, um, but I, I, I want to be I want to be honest here and say it's not just like highlighting like, okay, well, it works for you and it doesn't work for uh, your, your partner or anybody else. But I go a little bit deeper mm-hmm. when given the opportunity, I go a little bit deeper and saying, well, remember while you're bringing in your family of origin issues, so is your partner. Oh yeah. True. And there's a good chance that the yelling and screaming that you're doing, is triggering them in ways that you probably never knew because it's something revolving around your partner's right. family of origin. And that's sometimes when you see the like, oh, snaps. I didn't I didn't know. I thought I was just being me and me, but I didn't know that the function of the yelling or the impact of the yelling resonates differently for my partner because of their family of origin right. and some of the unresolved stuff. So that's usually kind of how I like go about it. And yeah. it's, quite, it's quite successful because remember, People, people do feel, what's the word? It's not so much like entitled, but some of them do act entitled. No, it's entitled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you know, the right word. You know, but I feel like there's another word in which they're like, they, they just kind of double down and be like, well, it's gotten me this far. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, being, they're being authentic. They believe they're being authentic. They believe that they're being um, genuine to who they are. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and sometimes you have to call them out and say, like, well, you are going to be genuinely and authentically single. <laughs> Keep this up. OK, straight up. I tell them to their faces. I mean, right. my clients know how I get down. I'm very right. like you know, to the point. But you are. And, and I say that to them because they need to realize that it's very ego driven. Yeah. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to look there. There are certain behaviors via communication and just emotional management that by default, no matter who you are and where you've come from, that are very disrespectful and harmful. Yeah, true. And and sometimes you got to go there, right, Brother Rick? You got to say, because tell me, in what in what scenario in a romantic relationship is it okay to literally be yelling at your partner? None. Okay. So then that in and of itself, you can tell me family of origin or not. Right. I think we can all agree that yelling at your partner is not one of the top healthy behaviors you should be doing mm. you see so you see i hit them at different right. scenarios to really humble them and saying so we have to find different ways while also validating 
But I know it's going to be hard because right. you grew up in a family in which this was the norm. Right. But even there, it's like, did you receive being yelled at well? You know, yeah, you might, you guys exactly. might have all, you guys all might have been yelling at each other, but did you hear each other? Were you able to understand the person's point of view when they're yelling at you? You know, was it just passionate, you know, expressions of, of emotions or were they actually um, anger? You know, how did you read the yelling? And, yeah. you know, how did you feel when it happened to you? You know, yeah. but and so when we talk about the differences between the person who's very expressive and often yelling and the person who doesn't express at all, we often see that pursuer with jar um, combination. You know, yeah. you have that one person who's constantly pursuing the other person that's withdrawing, and that comes directly from your family of origin. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have that person who says to you, well, you know, we didn't really express ourselves very often, and, you know, we didn't really, you know, there wasn't a lot of conflicts, we didn't argue a lot, you know, and so when you come to them and you're a person who's very passionate about how you feel and the way that you express it, and you start to see your, your mate withdraw, then you recognize, yo, I'm getting caught in this loop of I'm always chasing them and they're always shutting down and running away from me. You know, and you, if you go back and look at your family, you'll probably see something very similar. I can't tell you how many times you'll see very similar situations where, yeah, my mother was always very, you know, always yelling and screaming. My father would always retreat and run away. You know, he always, you know, not out of fear, but he would just, you know, go yeah. shut down and go sit yep. in the den and watch TV. You yeah, know, yeah. so you saw those same kind of dynamics that didn't work for them. So you have to keep pointing those things out. That really didn't work for them. Yeah, again, don't think about time as being the thing that talks about success in someone's relationship. (laughs) Recognize those different interactions and how they may have worked against, you know, the the, the health of the relationship. I agree. I mean, that's well said. I mean, 100% well said. I mean, there's nothing really to add to that because I think a lot. And I also think that what's what's also scary um, as a clinician is just how when you grow up in your family of origin, the fact that some of these unhealthy behaviors and, and processes end up being normal to me has always been a very scary thing. Right. If, if, if that makes sense, it's right. very scary. Why, right? why is that? Why is that scary to you? Well, it's scary because let's be real, like that's all you know. Mm-hmm. And we function based on what we know. Right. And when you're not exposed to something new, right? Like whose family is like, you know what, we're doing a lot of yelling. Let's go to therapy and learn different ways. I'm sure that they're <laughs> they exist, but they're very, very small and far in between right. who are doing that. But there's something to what you're saying is that, like, I don't know. I, I, the other part where what I'm trying to say here is what also makes it scary is how people sometimes wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. Or as this identity. It's tradition, my family. It's a tradition thing that I'm carrying on. Or or it's like an identity. It's like, well, we're just a bunch of yellers. Okay. I mean, uh, I I don't know what else to tell you other than that just just seems like chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's not judgmental. But it's like, can you hear each other talking or and really listening if everyone's yelling like sometimes right. you, you got to go there but i think that's the scary part is to your point it's like it's it's tradition it's identity mm-hmm. and you're bringing that into your new relationship mm-hmm. your new relationship so it, it's it's there's a disconnect when you're with someone who is not for the yelling and like, well, that's just that's just who i am they just need to set me no they don't they can right. be right Right. They can leave because that is not 
acceptable. It's not acceptable behavior. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's very. It's very selfish, actually. It's very selfish of you to only consider the way that you feel and expressing that, not taking into consideration how your words are going to impact your mate. And even the way your tone and your constant pursuit and your repetition of expression and how that's impacting the person that you're with. It's very selfish to continue to do that and not want to do anything differently because you think you're right. Because, because you see them pursuing and how that actually triggers you. I mean, when you see them re- um, retreating or withdrawing, and that triggers you and makes you want to pursue stronger. So they're wrong for shutting down. They're wrong for walking away in the middle of an argument. They're wrong. Have you stopped to consider about your approach to the conversation and the way that you are triggering a, a defense mechanism in them that makes them just want to get away? They don't want to argue. They may be um, conflict avoidant. And it's here you are. Family coming. of origin. Exactly. And that's the whole point. Yeah. That's the whole that's, point. That's this the is point. What, this is what you learn from your family. We avoided conflict, so we didn't talk about things. Correct. We didn't express emotions. Correct. You know, and now you're with somebody who's overly expressive. Correct. And all you want to do is bury your head. Yep. You know, so your your mate is wrong for wanting to get away from the things that you're doing that are making them feel um tortured. <laughs> no. Right. No, yeah. you have to change your approach to it. And also talk to them about their sense of being able to not um, avoid conflict and be able to face things and deal with them so you can find resolution to them. One of the reasons why your, your, your mate is so pursuant is because there's no resolution to the problems. Yeah. And, yeah. again, you can look at your family and see the same thing. How many arguments did your parents have where it seemed like the same thing over and over again because someone <laughs> yeah. was always running away and not actually facing up to it Correct. so that there can be some kind of resolution to the issue? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I think that's a really great example. Um, and the other thing that came to mind when you were talking is, um, you know, when you're talking, I was also saying to myself, like, you know, for all of us as humans, like I have a ton of empathy because like our family of origin, you know, like that's where we learn all of these things. Yeah. And even from a coping standpoint, like how do you cope with anger or hurt or, you know, whatever? And you know, it, you you go based off of what you saw, what was taught. And one of the things that's like always hard when you look at our family of origin, it's like as adults, you know, some of us don't have actual experience or knowledge because you never saw it. Right. And that's and that and that's sad. Like, you know, you think of like I have clients who are like, I don't know how to show affection. And they're not joking. Like right. these aren't people who right. are like legitimate being clowns. These are people who are like, I don't know what to say. I grew up in a family where we just you never you do not do that. Right. You know, and 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 so one of the things that I'm always inserting when doing family of origin work, um, trying to help couples is I'm always preaching you gotta have empathy and compassion because beyond beyond stubbornness and like their unwillingness to do the work, some folks technically just do not are know. completely ignorant of it. They just I mean, right? Have they, haven't you, haven't you oh, worked yeah. with folks constantly, like that? Constantly. You know, they have not been exposed to it. They grew up in households where they may not have been very affectionate or very expressive. And so, right. yeah, they never learned how to do it. They've never been in an environment where that skill was actually necessary for them. They've, they've right. learned how to cope and Correct. get by and do things with do yeah. the things they needed to do professionally, yeah. maybe even academically. Yeah. But when it came to their relationships, they just never learned. And yep. they never were with anybody who took the time to show them why this is valuable. 
Yeah. Why you should value these kind of behaviors and interactions? It's a good point. It's, it's no, never it's been point. there for them. So, you know, you can't really be mad at them. You know, right. yeah, you're right. You have to be empathetic. You have to be compassionate yeah. and be willing to work with them and be patient yeah. to say, you know, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I know this is right. a struggle for you. You recognize that this is something that I need. This may be one of my love languages or just something that I'm very, you know, accustomed to. And how can we work on this together? Right. And 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 I like what you said. And I was wondering if you could say a little bit more because I, I, I my clients, at least to my recollection, have never used that word. But I do think that like the word used, though really strong, I think really does get to some of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And you and you use the word like, you know, it's torturous for some people. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely do believe that some of these things that are healthy behaviors and processes because they don't know they haven't seen it it was never taught i do believe that for some folks it is torturous yeah, right yeah oh i when I, I of course you know we do a lot of work around emotions with our clients right and right. as i'm helping my clients with their emotional literacy one of the words i get them to acknowledge that they very rarely acknowledge ever experiencing is the agony is the suffering you know is the, the feeling of being tortured you know because that plays a big role in how all the other feelings, how I agree. Um, intense the other feelings are. I agree. You know, and so it's a matter of really recognizing, yo, in this moment, I am really suffering. Yeah. You know, as you are sitting here yelling at me, I'm not just getting mad. Yo, I am suffering. You know, I yeah. feel like I'm being tortured in this moment and being able to acknowledge that this is what's actually happening um, as part of my own internal process. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. bringing that out. So you help your client, you help your, not your client, you help your mate understand, yo, when you are yelling at me, I'm not just getting defensive because right. I think you're wrong. I'm getting defensive because this feels like torture to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, 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 and that torture may be stemming from like their own, you know, family of origin, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of. It reminds kinda. me of what my, my mother used to do to me all the time. Yeah. You know, I would have no. to sit there. I had nowhere else to go. I, right. I couldn't leave. I couldn't walk away. Right. You know, so I had now, to sit there so, and take so, it. Right, but that was you as a kid. Right. So now, as an adult, you have the agency to flee. Right, and so you keep and I am going to get away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and you see how that works, folks. Like, and so, and that's a good example. It's like when I was a kid, I couldn't go anywhere. I had to take the yelling. Yeah, but I'm an adult now, and I'm not going to take. So you 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 overcompensate to the point where any sense of like conflict you're like i'm out i'm out <laughs> right exactly I'm, out. I'm not like and it could be very very low right but, but because it could just be criticism it could be it might not even be up. someone yelling at you it could just straight be someone up. being critical of you <laughs> and you feel like you know it's it's something very harsh yep. and you don't want to hear it so you break out you know but yeah. again because you may have seen that as a kid that may have been something that you you were experiencing a lot as a child that sense of someone being very critical of you and how hurtful that was to you and now yeah. you you can't even hear a little bit of it you can't deal with it. even if someone is correct you know you automatically get defensive because this is too much like when you were a kid and how it made you feel you know yeah. and you were never able to process those emotions cuz no one wanted to hear it and you just had to suck it up as a kid and now here it is with your mate doing the same thing and you just want to get away. Yeah, no, that's true. One one question I've always thought about and and uh, I'm going to throw it out there to you, Brother Reek, is what do you, how do you make sense of how difficult or how scary it is for us as people and especially for our clients to want to talk openly or at least acknowledge some of these 
family of origin issues like what do you think that's about oh man that that really gets into i, I, I want to talk about boundaries too because this reminds yeah. me of my conversation with clients around boundaries yeah they're so fearful of being of opening up that that pandora's box because once yeah. they face a lot of those issues now what do you do about it yeah. You know, can you go back home? Can you go back to your parents and your siblings and yep. talk about these things? Yeah. And will they be receptive to them? Or yeah. will they shut you down? Will yeah. you be will you be invalidated? Will you be rejected? You yeah. know, and so I think that's one of the scariest things. Just as we move into boundaries, um, and, and issues around boundaries within your family of origin. Yep. I always give this example of having a client as she was learning new skills and new techniques and learning about boundaries in um, her own relationship while they're in therapy and couples therapy, the idea of establishing healthy boundaries with her family, with her parents in particular, brought her to tears. Yeah, she literally I've sat up that. here and cried, thinking yeah. about, "I can't do this with my family. Mm. It's too foreign to them. They will reject me," and it scared the mess out of her. Yeah. It scared her to be healthy, which is scary, <laughs> which is scary I mean, itself. It is. You know, and uh, so I've, I've had that happen so too, when you, yeah. So when you think about, um, you know, boundaries and you think about those things that really shut people down from um, wanting to open up, oftentimes they're, they're afraid that, you know, if they, if they bring it up and they open it up, they have nowhere to put it. They have nothing mm -hmm. to do with it. And um, they don't want to get into a place where they're blaming their family for their dysfunction. Yeah. They don't want to blame their family. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I always have to name that because I, I, I usually, whenever we start doing family of origin, I always, way in the beginning, I always have to let them know. Um, because if it's one thing I, I, I kind of laugh about, and but I, I humanize it is, when we start doing family of origin with my clients, I, I see a lot of people start like putting out disclaimers all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, like I, 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 I love my dad or you right. know, my, yes. my sister. And, I, and yes. I'm like, whoa, 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 yes. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, then I'm like, okay, so what's going on right now? Right. I got to hold them in. What's going on right now? And, 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 and it's usually underneath is going to be like that shame and guilt of what I'm about to like disclose. Same, right. And I don't want to make my family. And you hear that. I don't want my family to, to look bad. Right. I don't want you so to think my father was a bad guy. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I joke and I'm like, well, all our families struggle. So, you know, you're not alone. But mm -hmm. that shame and guilt always kicks in whenever we get there. But, yeah. but I also, but but the, the reason why I was intentional about asking about the fear is because it's like, yeah, I you open it up and and it's kind of like, you know, that whole metaphor about, you know, going through your closet and cleaning out your closet. Yeah. I mean, it's very scary. That's why yeah. a lot of people do not do that. Right. Right. Because it says a lot about who you currently. It says about your journey to who you are. Like I said earlier in the segment, like that's what your family of origin does, mm -hmm. you know, but you're right. But it also puts you in a very tough position about, man, learning all of these different concepts and ideas around family of origin man like we did a lot of unhealthy stuff and yeah. now you start putting the pieces together right where you're like wow um that's why i couldn't talk to my mother about that right you know that's and, why and, me and my brother don't get along right you, you know that's why we had to do an emotional cutoff with this right. it starts to hurt yeah and i think a lot of people don't want to and and rightfully so i mean yeah. that's where our ego kicks in to protect us yeah the defensiveness right i mean right. all these things are those high, old wounds are being pulled open seriously man yeah. and so like you know but you're right though too it's it's 
it's something that you said that I talk to my clients about, and it's one of the harshest reality that um, I think we all have to face when you become aware of your family wards and you confronting them. And that is when you find out the extent of how unhealthy and dysfunctional mm-hmm. uh, your family of origin, the, mm-hmm. the processes, dynamics, the boundaries are, by default, you have no other choice but to start rearranging them. And the yeah. family may not be open, yep. ready, receptive. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it could be lonely. That's a lonely journey. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very much so. You know, because again, and I tell my clients this all the time, you're in therapy, they're not. Correct. So the I things, say that too. So the things you're learning in here, you can't expect them to just abide by because they're not getting the entire picture. You know, you are. You're able to see this entire thing now. You know, so you have to be gentle with I them. Agree. You have to continue to be compassionate with yeah, them. Patient. Man. Patient it's and be hard. patient. Right. But you still you have know. to be um upfront with them. You still have to be assertive with communicating, you know, these things that you're learning, you know, particularly around boundaries. I want to talk, you know, we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to talk about boundaries in particular because, you know, you see this often that people struggle with boundaries in their relationships, with their friendships, um, with co-working relationships because they never learn boundaries at home. What is that about? What is it about families of origin? Particularly, and I have to point this out, because I see this a lot with my clients who are first-generation Americans from all over the world, um, whether it's Latino um, communities, whether it's um, Middle Eastern communities, whether it's you know West African communities, whether it's Caribbean communities. I see this very, very, very strongly a lack of boundaries within the families, um, Southern families, <laughs> oftentimes yeah. too. There's yeah. you know people when it comes to family of origins, there are very few boundaries between parents and children, parents, I mean, siblings and, um, and well, between siblings, very few boundaries. What, what is that about, Dr. John? What is it about, about boundaries um, that are, why are they so weak within many family structures? Um, I mean, I would say, like, I would say, I would say weak, uh, like, or non-existent, like, even non-existent, weak and non-existent. Yeah, but it, but but also to be honest with you, I mean, as as someone who grew up, you know, um, with West African, you know, heritage and culture, but it, but it, but it could also be very like rigid and mm-hmm. very static too, right? Yeah. And part of it is like, yeah, I think overall culture speaks to it, like ethnic heritage culture. I mm-hmm. think that right, there are certain things that in certain ethnic communities that are they set the boundaries. Mm-hmm. They they dictate what it should look like for almost every family. Mm-hmm. Um and I think what happens is um is that within an ethnic community there are norms, there are um aspects of way of life that is passed down to all families Mm -hmm. but then each family takes them on and then like kind of flips it in the sense of to make it their own um um, identity if it makes sense right Right. so it's kind of like it's kind of like okay like children need to stay in their place right (laughs) okay if that is that's a boundary that's technically a boundary like kids should not be hearing nor speaking on adult Adult topics things exactly Mm -hmm. So if that is an overall conceptual boundary that exists in certain communities, fine. But then how does the family themselves um, show that? How do they implement it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the disconnect. At least for me, I see that sometimes going 
wrong because there's nothing wrong with having boundaries between parents and kids. Right. But come on out. Like, but why is it that some parents are so rigid and why are some some parents like so open and fluid? You know, right. Based on trying to manage this overall idea. And that's what the reason why I'm going parenting is like parenting is a really great example of boundaries and how it can now play into relationships. Because remember, children will learn from them from their family of origin about these boundaries. And then to your point, start displaying them in school, in the workplace Mm -hmm. and in their relationships. Right. So when we ask these things about like, well, how did you guys get along? We're not just kind of like just kicking it with clients. We're really trying to assess, well, what's the extent of boundaries did you learn? Right. And what were the messages? That's the other part we have oh, to yeah. highlight with bound. What messages were communicated? And I always name that with my clients. I say, okay, if that was the boundary, when you reflect back, what was the message being sent about that boundary? Mm-hmm. And you got to push people to go there mm-hmm. because that's the message that they're operating on. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that message is, is so key because- yeah. You know, what are you taking away from this, this situation? Are you hearing from your parents when they aren't respecting your boundaries that children's boundaries don't exist? That right. children's boundaries don't are, aren't valued? No, you are to do what you are told. You are to, you know, whatever it is I ask for, you have to give. You are, you know, you basically have no agency in yep. your own life. You know, you are um, responsible to this family in a way that, you know, you don't really have a choice to say yes or no. Yeah. You know, and that's a question yeah. I ask all the time too. You know, did you ever feel comfortable telling no, telling your parents no? Because if not, then then really what you're saying to me is that, you know, there is nothing that you are allowed to do um or not do for your family. You know, the expectation, the expectation is that you have to be available all the time. So even now, when you know your your sister calls at eleven thirty at night or, you know, your mother is all up in your business about everything, expecting you to share everything. Yeah. Well, that's telling me that, you know, you were not allowed to withhold anything. You weren't allowed to keep anything for yourself. You had to share privacy. absolutely everything. There's none. Yeah. No right. privacy. And privacy know? is at the essence of boundaries. I, I'll give you another good example that I hear folks uh go through you know when you talk about family of origin plus boundaries like one good example i've heard over the years and even have friends struggle with this with their partners is some families are like oh we spend all day every day together and even our weekends together and then you have like so one partner comes from like a relatively enmeshed family where they do everything anything together Mm -hmm. it gotta be with their family and then like they're with someone Who's like, nah, we give each other space and I don't really like all of that. No, for real. Like, yo, dead up. I've heard that very recently. So, so the best example is like, so what do they do when the holidays? So the holidays become conflictual now. Right. Because one partner's like, why can't it just be us? And us and our kids, and let's do something. No, and the other part is like, no, we got to go to my family. We got to do all this stuff. We got to go to all these events. Right. I mean, so you see what we're talking about, folks? That's family of origin. If right. you're going through that, that's family of origin. Right. If you've heard people talk about that, that's family of origin. Right. Because th- those are about the boundaries. Yeah. Like, what are they, they going to say if we don't show up? You know, what Correct. are they going to say? I mean, okay, well, if Correct. you say that you just want to stay home, what's, what are they going to say about you just staying home? You know, they're so worried about what their family thinks because there are no boundaries. Correct. You know, so and the fa- and the family started that and nurtured that, going that's back the way and going back generations, Correct. generations. We were always together. You know, that's exactly always how my mother was raised too. You see, generation after generation, it's like, yeah, 
But um, you see too that all everybody in your family is struggling with their own personal relationships. Hundred percent. You know. So <laughs> I mean, it well said. Before we wrap, I want to make sure that we touch on the mental health aspect of it. You know, you mentioned it earlier, but when it comes to family of origin and often the the mental health um, struggles we may have, you know, where's the connection between the two, between family of origin and your own mental health struggles? Yeah, I think it's to me it's pretty clear. One example is like coping. Okay, mm-hmm. you learn coping from your family. Okay, so what do you what do you do when you're stressed? What did your parents do? What did your parents teach you when they saw you being stressed or your siblings being stressed? Um, when um, so coping is a good one because coping has implications for substance abuse and, right. and other other uh, um, unhealthy uh, uh, harmful behaviors mm-hmm. like cutting and stuff like that. I got clients who struggle with self harm and and stuff like that because right. they had a parent who self harmed. You know what I mean, right. some of this stuff is like generational, guys. So that you know the other mental health things that come to mind too is just the emotional processes. So how did you display hurt? Mm-hmm. Well, well, we didn't. It was always anger. That's a problem. Right. Because you know what I mean. Like that, that's yeah. straight up. Like that's yeah. the problem. Because what what you're telling me is that vulnerability was never taught and right. it was never harnessed. All it was was just explosive reactive behaviors, mm-hmm. right? That's mental health because, like, that has implications for all kinds of things. But also even things like, you know, how how does one um, developing a healthy ego, especially as a kid, you know, like, did your parents praise you? Did they show love and, and, and display respect? Um, or did they withhold it? Conditional mm-hmm. love. Damn, that's another one. Right. Conditional right. love is a very unhealthy thing to breed within the family of origin. Right. Well, we only got praised or we only got hugs whenever we like did something like for our folks. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's mental health. Yeah. But that's also family of origin. Yeah. You see yeah. what I mean? So those are like some really great, like really quick, clear examples of how mental health can stem out of family of origin. Mm-hmm. Right. Like growing up in a very loving, healthy boundaries situation could could manifest for a young person to grow with a healthier concept and mm. ego um, treat people with respect mm. but folks who may come from dysfunction or you know um, well i'm even um, thinking diagnosable i'm thinking even diagnosable um yeah you know mental health issues you know the anxiety the depression yeah the yeah you know schizophrenia you know the yeah. things that are actually passed down generation by generation that Bipolar, may actually yeah. that may actually be genetic yeah, you know, and some of us learned. You know, you look at someone who was raised by um, a parent who was um, suffering from antisocial, you know, um, or 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 who was um, borderline, borderline, yeah. you know, and how that impacted you, yeah. you know, and how you may even carry on your own either scars or your own um, mental health issues because of that. But even the genetic component, you know, recognizing there's been research showing that. You know, anxiety and depression are actually passed down generation, no, I mean, not generation, um, genetically, you yeah. know. And so seeing that, you know, so a lot of things that you may be experiencing is not just from your own personal experiences, um, but actually you're being impacted by your own genetics. Yeah, and that's why it's important, point. again, important it's to not, point. when we talk about, you know, families and looking at families, we're not just talking about relationships. We want to also know what was going on. You know, did you have other people in your family who suffered from anxiety, from depression? You know, what were some of the mental health issues? Um, what were some of the struggles around alcohol and, and drugs? Because that's going to also point to um, deeper mental health issues. You know, maybe because your family, you know, so many people in your family suffer from anxiety, their way to cope was drugs and alcohol. 
and being able yeah. to point that out. So one of the reasons why you feel so compelled to drink so often or to smoke so often to deal with your anxiety or depression is, yeah, you saw that as a coping mechanism within your family, but not realizing that everyone was feeling or suffering from the same kind of mental health disorder. That's a good point. That's well said. You're right. Meaning it can be as extreme as like diagnosable mental health issues. Yeah. You're absolutely I mean, correct. I've heard so many absolutely stories about correct. people who say, you know, um, you know, when I got diagnosed with schizophrenia, that's the first time I heard that I had a cousin who yeah. was schizophrenic or an yeah. uncle or a cousin. You know, yeah. that stuff can run rampant in families, you right. know, and some of it is brought on by stresses. Anxiety, you know, yeah. and, you know, and, but some Pre, of it is yeah. stuff that's 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 already embedded in you. Yeah, that's predispositions, just right? Yeah, predispositions, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. those are the kind of things that we want you to keep in mind as we explore, <laughs> yeah, families of origin. But anyway, you know, we want to make sure. I don't know why I was just I keep it on the <laughs> the wrong track. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> hit the people up with some of your noble truths, man. What are some of your noble truths? Uh, I, I think I think it's important for people to uh, be brave and start exploring their family of origin. There's books out there to read. Uh, I think you know even if you want to Google pretty quickly, just type in Dr. Murray Bowen and family of origin, and just go from there. Uh, you'll find yourself on a journey. Um, but also like go to therapy and also like invite your partner to therapy. Oh yeah, because uh, we all have family of origin issues, guys. So you know it, it's impacting us one way or another. So. I mean, those are like my two big noble truths there. Yeah, I think my noble truth today is recognize that a lot of things that you have going on may be rooted in your family of origin, but yeah. you have the agency, you have the responsibility to do something different today now that you recognize that. If there's anything that rings true for you today in this conversation, recognize you have the ability to change it and do something different. Just because you grew up with it, just because your family is still engages in it, doesn't mean yeah. that you have to continue doing that same thing. 100%. You know? 100%. So keep that that's, in mind. That's facts. That's facts. Yeah. All right, Dr. John, time for us to wrap. Why don't you break down real quick where the people can find out more about what you have going on. Uh, Feel free to check us out, kingsoftheheart.com. Okay, all you got to do is just type it in. We're on a lot of different streaming platforms. You know, check out our podcast. We're, we're gearing up for a lot of uh, work, and so we're really excited. You can also, you know, check me out at www.rccmaryland.com. Just type in Dr. John Hart, uh, social media, all that stuff, man. But... Brother Reek, where can we find you? Where can the people find you at? Brother? Same thing. Find me at kingsoftheheart.com. Find me at tarikomariwalton.com. And also at viewsandvibes.com. We have so much content up there between Kings of the Heart, our writing, my old TV show. There's so much information that we have put together over the years that you can catch up on. Also, yeah. you, know, you know, always can find us on all the different social media platforms. Um, John Hart, Tariq, Tariq Omari Walton. We're all over the place, so it's easy to find us. Easy to find us, but you can always catch us right here on this streaming platform for Kings of the Heart Podcast. Look, guys, we want you guys to have a great, safe week. And just let you know, we always think about y'all. Man, y'all take care, man. Always. All right. Later, John. Peace. <laughs>